Hey guys, hope you're doing great. Welcome to another episode, albeit something slightly different. As I sit here in early November and I reflect on what a year it's been, I want to draw your attention to a couple of really interesting conversations I've had over the past couple of weeks. And I thought I'd sit down and bring these to you and just dwell and talk about them a little bit and share the knowledge uh, that I've been inspired by in the past couple of weeks. And the past year, really, a year where many have called it a challenging year, a bad year. But to be very honest with you, it's been a year that I've personally grown a lot. And I've seen those around me, those that I work with, those that I live with, my friends, certain people have really embraced the challenge this year and taken it on board and grown and changed and become a lot stronger. And um, I call this episode the blessings of 2020 because there really has been some fantastic blessings. You know, some things that while all the challenges came to us at the beginning of the year, midway through the year, even today, you know, as I record this, the UK is about to go through its third lockdown. France, Spain, a lot of my friends, a lot of my colleagues um, aren't in a good situation. And who knows what 2021 will bring. But a lot of the inspiration that I've taken this year has been about adjusting to the situation. Embracing where you are, having the right mindset, the right attitude, and making things work. And so a couple of weeks ago, I was driving to work and a really good friend of mine, somebody that I look up to, somebody that I'm inspired by, somebody that I grew up with, we both studied together, um, and we've both had this burning desire just to do better and try and you know be better versions of ourselves. He gave me a call, um, and you know we were chatting, we talk about the usual things, about our investments, about business, about our families, and he asked me a really interesting question, and he said, Pete, What's been the one thing um, that's Im inspired you the most this year? Or what's the one thing you've learned? Um, and I stood there for a minute and I said, well, there's been a lot, but um, I don't know if there's one thing. It's probably been how your mindset and... and um, your approach and your attitude uh, can go a long way. And I explained to him that, you know, early in the year, uh, my business partner and I and my wife and I and, you know, my close group of friends made a decision that we're going to look for opportunities and we're going to embrace this. We're not going to be plagued by fear. We're going to use 2020 and the pandemic as an opportunity to grow. And I spent about five minutes, you know, just rambling. And, and, and then I said to him, well, what about you? And he said, man, you know what? This year has taught me to be a better father. And I said, well, what do you mean? And he said, I just spent time with my children this year. You know, I didn't look at it as uh, just another thing to do. 
Uh, I love being a dad and I love my children. But this year, I really, really took time out to become a better father um, and to listen and to invest time and attention. I thought that was so beautiful. Um, That's something that I can relate to. This year, I've loved being around my children. I've loved being able to walk them to school, to pick them up uh, when they were sent home and we were in lockdown. It was a challenge, but it was great also to hang out with them and get to know them. And it made me think um, and it made me plan this podcast, this episode. I wanted to really find a way to articulate Um, and to express how your attitude can make a big difference to your situation. And it's not just cliche, it's real. Um, And the more I thought about it, the more I struggled. The more I struggled to think of who I would invite as a guest, the more I actually hit dead ends. I thought, you know, how can we build an actual episode and give value and inspire people in a way that's interesting, but in a way that's always impactful. And I hit a dead end. And so last week I sat down with Steph and we talked about investments next year and this episode was in the back of my mind. Um, And again, I was just hitting blanks. Um, I didn't know how, you know, to present this topic to you and it's a topic that I think you know goes well with looking for opportunities and looking at assets that are going to do well and career opportunities and business and everything else it all starts with your attitude and then it wasn't until a couple of days ago that I was actually going through um, some of my notes my early notes in 2015 when I started my business I had this red book I was so lonely I was by myself Um, I had a beautiful wife and a beautiful family that supported me, but my entrepreneurial journey uh, was solo and I journaled and and I diarized everything and I started going through my notes and I found an actual reference and on on one of the pages that was marked in my diary, um, I started writing notes five years ago and one of the notes was on a talk that I watched Uh, on YouTube by Zig Ziglar. Now, some of you may have heard of Zig Ziglar. Um, Many of you probably don't even know the name. I don't even know who that is. But this guy is basically the guy that started the whole positive mindset, um, entrepreneurial um, culture in the United States. And I'm sure there were many that preceded him, but Zig Ziglar was really inspirational. You know, he really set the whole... Um, design thinking um, and and just the way to structure your thoughts and your mindset and, and present that to a general audience. Um, and so after him came Stephen Covey who wrote Seven um, Habits of Highly Effective People and guys like Seth Godin and, and Tony Robbins and you know all the guys that you see today um, on social media. And basically, you can trace them back to the generation of uh, Zig Ziglar. Um, and in one of his talks, he he presents a really, really interesting scenario uh, about how you can be grateful for any situation that you're in and how your attitude, you know, it's a small thing that makes a really, really big difference. And I went back and I watched it and it's only about 10 minutes or so. And I loved it and I watched it again. I watched it twice and I wanted to watch it a third time, but I thought, no, what I'm going to do for this episode 
um, is sit down and bring it to you. Um, and you may have heard it and you may have watched it, but I want you to listen to it and I want you to see if this is the type of person that you are this year. If you're the type of person that's going to take the situation and use it to your advantage and be grateful for the blessings of 2020. Or you're going to be the type of person that's going to be taken by it. You're going to hate this year. You're going to wish for better things into the future. And let's wish for a better world. Let's wish that we can improve. But let's also live the moment. You know, just as my friend used this challenge as an opportunity to become a better father. And many of us have used this opportunity to become better at things that are important to us. Let's not wait for 2021 and assume that something magical will happen. 2021 could get worse. Um, You know, the world has gone through periods of adversity that have lasted a lot longer than what we're going through now. Yet in every adversity, there's opportunity for us to grow. There are always positive things for us to look at. And I talk to you a lot around investing and business and career and because these are the things that are on my mind. But it all starts with your attitude. If you have an abundance attitude, if you have a growth attitude, if you have an gra- attitude of gratitude, you know, these are the building blocks. This is the foundation that I believe all successful people that I know, and success, success is not your bank account or how much money you have or, or what you're worth on paper. Success is about living the life that you are content with, achieving your goals, being of value and of service to other people, being content with what you have. And not falling into the curse of comparison. The people that are satisfied are the people that have these foundations. And I think Zig Ziglar does a great job in explaining them. So guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. In the next few weeks, I'm going to bring you some really interesting topics. Uh, we're going to touch on, I've just you know planned... Uh, the next three or four episodes, we're going to touch on some really interesting things. I'm going through my notes now, but uh, we're going to talk about why I believe savers are losers next week and how they're losing out um, and that how their wealth is being completely robbed. We're going to talk about assets and opportunities that I believe are presenting themselves in 2021 and um, how you can position yourself to take advantage And um, I'm going to teach you how to 10x your holiday. Um, We've all had a lot of downtime this year. um, But at the beginning of December, I'm going to bring you an episode where I'm going to talk to you and break down uh, what one of my mentors has taught me, uh, a 12-point system where you can completely 10x your holiday um, and go into 2021 feeling really, really content with what you can achieve and where the opportunities are. So I'm going to now hand over to the master Zig Ziglar. Sit back, listen to it, embrace it, enjoy it, and I'll catch you next week. God bless you. A number of years ago, Larry Majors, my executive assistant, got a phone call from a lady in Birmingham, Alabama. At the end of the conversation, she said, Zig, 
She said, I believe this woman thinks she's got an impossible problem, but I believe you can solve that problem her, with her in just a few minutes if you will spend that time with her. I said, well, Laurie, tell her to meet me backstage. I'll get there about 10 minutes early. They, my schedule was such that it was about all I had. Well, I got there, and I was on uh, backstage behind the curtain on one side. She spotted me from the other side, and as she walked across the stage, I have never seen as much anger in a human being in my life as I saw in her. She almost started crying when she saw me. She said, oh, I'm just so glad to see you. I got this horrible job. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I hate everybody down there. I mean, uh, you're talking about negative nails. She was it. She said, can you help me? Now, understand, I've only got about 10 minutes. So I looked at her, and uh, one thing I have learned, I don't do counseling, but I talk with a lot of people who do in psychology, psychiatry, and the ministry. And they tell me that everybody who comes to you with a problem are not necessarily looking for a solution. I couldn't understand that for a long time. Why do they bring you a problem if they don't want to solve it? Well, I can tell you why. They want to tell you about it, you about it, you about it, you about it, and you about it. And if you foul up the deal and solve the problem, they can't tell you again, you again. They want the attention that goes with the problem. And every company just about it has that kind of an individual. They want the attention that goes with griping and, uh, and complaining. Well, I looked at the lady, and it wasn't unkindly, but firmly I said to her, yes, and you know, ma'am, I'm afraid your problem is about to get worse. She said, what do you mean? I said, I believe they're going to fire you. <laughs> She was stunned. I couldn't have stunned her more if I'd hit her in the face with a bucket of ice water. She said, fire me? Why on earth would they fire me? The inflection in her voice clearly said, they're the bad guys. I'm the good guy. Why don't they fire them and keep me? Have you ever noticed that people who are the problem never recognize that they are? They're in complete denial. They think denial is just a river in Egypt. Why would they fire me? I said, ma'am, I don't believe there's a company in America big enough to contain this much poison in one small spot. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that when somebody is about to lose something they've been complaining about, whether it's a car, a home, a mate, a job, or whatever, when all of a sudden it appears they're going to lose them, it takes on brand new value. She looked at me and said, well, what can I do? I said, do you really want to know? She said, yes, I do. That's the reason I came to see you. I came looking for help, but you sure had not been any help so far. <laughs> I said, well, ma'am, I've got an idea, and I will absolutely guarantee you it positively, definitely, absolutely will work if you will just do it. She said, I'll try anything within reason. I said, okay, when you get home tonight, all of your household tasks are complete. It's bedtime. Get off in a room right by yourself. Get a sheet of paper out, and at the top of it write, I like my job because she interrupted me. She said, that'll be easy. I don't like nothing about that job. Don't like nothing about those people down there. And I said, well, just as a matter of curiosity, do you work there for benevolent reasons, or do they pay you for working there? She said, well, I got to confess, they pay me. And I said, and you don't like to be paid. Oh, she said, yes, I do. I said, okay, tell you what you do. Open your notebook right now. We'll start our list of the things you like about your job. They pay you for working there, and you do like it, don't you? She said, absolutely. But she just stood there. I said, no, open your notebook now, and we'll get uh, busy on the list. She just stood there. I said, ma'am, let me, let me tell you what my experience in life has been. I've discovered 
that in 100% of the cases, no exceptions, people who won't take step number one never take step number two. You see, she had come to me with an impossible dream. Her dream was that nice Mr. Ziegler was going to solve all of her problems and she would live happily ever after. But folks, I got news for you. I can't solve her problems. I can't solve your problems. But I will give you some steps that I'll absolutely, definitely, and positively will work for you. As it worked eventually for her. I said, well, ma'am, let me tell you something. Unless you're willing to take step number one right now, it's been nice talking with you. She angrily opened her notebook. Before we got through, there were 22 things she liked about her job. Not only did they pay her for working there, they paid her above average. She had three weeks vacation with pay. She had a retirement program. She was in on profit sharing. She had health insurance, life insurance, and accident insurance. She lived less than 10 minutes from home. She was in on management decisions. The company sent her to three seminars a year to be paid for. She had her own private office and parking place. 22 things that she liked about her job. Now I said, ma'am, when you get home tonight, everything is finished. Get off in a room right by yourself. Close the doors. Change one word from I like my job to I love my job. Get in front of that mirror. And folks, I cannot say this strongly enough, but I'm going to try. The eyes are the windows of the soul. Look yourself in the eye and with excitement and enthusiasm say, I love my job because they pay me for working there. I love my job because they pay me above average for working there. I love my job because I have a wonderful insurance program. I love my job before every one of the statements. You will sleep better that night. You see, there's something hidden in what I'm saying to you now. When she says, I like my job, she's really saying, I'm grateful for my job. And of all of the emotions we can have, according to Hans Selye, the number one stress specialist in America, the healthiest of all human emotions is gratitude. I said, you go down that list. I like my job. I love my job, rather. That is a way of gratitude. You'll sleep better the first night. Tomorrow morning, when you get up, Get back in front of the mirror just before you go to work. Get back in front of the mirror and repeat the process again with excitement and enthusiasm. I love my job because, and take the list with you. Because the reality is, you see, you will have started to change from a fault finder to a good finder. Some people do really find fault like there's a reward for it. They really do. <laughs> Take the list with you, and you will be able to add to that list absolutely guaranteed. Do this every morning and every night, and you will have an astonishing recovery from this advanced case of stinking thinking. Now, I didn't say that to her, but I'm saying it to you. That's what it was. It was an advanced case of stinking thinking. Well, six weeks later, I was back in Birmingham, Alabama. I was doing a follow-up sales seminar. Now, the lady was not in sales, but she had been listening to my tapes. She had been listening to Automobile University, and she had discovered that everybody sells. Everybody who will ever hear this is in selling. Whether you're a school teacher, a civil service worker, a military personnel, an executive secretary, it doesn't make any difference. What you do, you sell every day of your life. 
There she was on the, at the sales seminar, seated on the front row, grinning so wide she could have eaten a banana sideways. I'm telling you, you're talking about somebody that was excited. She was turned on. I said, well, how you done? She grinned even more broadly and said, Mr. Ziegler, I'm doing wonderfully well, and thank you for asking. She said, you cannot believe how much those people down there have changed. <laughs> I got to lay it on the line, folks. You're not going to change anybody else till you change you. Everything really does begin with you. Now, you see, the unfortunate thing, this lady had been raised in a very negative environment. First, her parents had told her that she'd never amount to anything. They had said, you know, you're always late. You're always sloppy. Why can't you be like your brother or your sister or whatever? When she got married, her husband had continued it. And so her self-talk had become completely negative. Everything that she said about herself was negative. I, you know, like Dad said, I'll never amount to anything. Or like my husband says, I can't do anything right. But when she started changing the input, then some radical changes took place. Ziggler. 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 Inspiring true performance.